And now, beautiful people going fast on fire. Welcome to the True Fiction Podcast, Kino Club Edition. Welcome to True Fiction's Kino Club Edition. What is Kino Club? A group of film lovers get together and watch a film. Then we meet afterwards and break down what we saw. This is a warts and all recording where we share the good, the bad, and the ugly. And there will be spoilers, so be warned. This meeting review the 2021 film Dune. This one gets an 84% from the Rotten Tomato critics and a 91% from the Rotten Tomato audience. Dune is a science fiction space opera based on the book of the same name by American author Frank Herbert. Without further ado, Kino Club discuss Dune. I will start out with my visual impressions of the movie and I feel like what's his name Denny Villeneuve. He has a very uh, epic vibe to the look and the design of the thing. It, it almost my when I was watching it, it made me think of a kind of a tan version of Interstellar's big vistas and that kind of almost the Ansel Adams sort of feel to it, which I thought visually it was it, it's. Probably the best visually looking movie I've seen since Interstellar. May, eh, probably, probably uh, from just an aesthetic sort of view. And the designs with, you know, the contrast between the whites and the blacks were just, it's just a gorgeous movie to start yeah. off. That's And the sound, he, you know, he sort of has that sort of, uh, I'm wanting to say, was it Blade Runner 2024 he did? Yeah. It has that the same, I don't know if Hans Zimmer did the sound, but it has that sort of, sound epic sound quality to it which i thought was really cool too so that's my initial the things that struck me the most out of the gate and i'll come back around with some of my other thoughts um yeah i will totally agree with you norbert visually man it is just stunning and seeing seeing high definition was just i mean it it was a it was an experience right that was the what that was one of the aspects of it that I appreciated the most was that this is one of those movies where it would have been cool to see an IMAX, but it was great to see it at home. It was visually stunning. It didn't fall into the too dark trap, which I really appreciated. So the scenes that were uh, filmed, you know, in the dark, you know, were actually you could actually see what, what was happening and what was going on. But um, for me, visually, I felt like. It, it's almost as if they took the visuals of the planet and, and made it a character in and of itself, you know, as a part of the story, which I, I and I, I mentioned this earlier, I read the book a very long time ago, so I don't really remember it. I can't, re I can't remember if that was like the book or not, but I very much felt like the planet Arrakis was, was a character and, and visually, man, they did such a good job of, of showing that. I, I, I mean, it also, it harkens back to, I bet you that he watched um, Lawrence of the Arabia because that movie, the sand environment, the de the desert was a character. I didn't think of it in that terms like Corey just said, but it's he's right. It's it's a it's very much a character in this in this movie. And it's and, you know and, what's it's grandiose, like uh, you know, and I I mean, I would say probably since Interstellar, like I you know like the visuals really lend to this like world building that, that he's doing, you know what I mean? Like that to me was, was awesome to see that 
he was able to encapture the just how large scale this all is operating on. You know, kind of reminds me of uh, Helm's Deep and, you know, from uh, Lord of the Rings, the two towers, you know, just getting the, the idea of like, wow, like, you know, how many, how many soldiers are in that army or how big the planet is, so on and so forth. It was operatic with not having operatic music too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I really enjoyed it. I had not read the book or seen the, uh, original film and uh, really really enjoyed it the I thought the imagery was amazing and uh, the the uh, music was awesome also um, it felt like it picked up on tones that are kind of like familiar tones within a movie you know as far as like the imagery and some of the music like things that we had seen in the 90s or 80s but almost I don't know it's hard to put my finger on it, what exactly it was, but there was something about uh, some of the imagery in this that felt like a, a time before like the 2000s in film. I was just going to say what really reminded me of, and I, I don't remember seeing it as much in the, the new Blade Runner, but the old Blade Runner, even that uh, the building with the, uh, the main company building seemed to be in this movie. In the flyover, I don't know if you noticed, there's a larger, it's probably where the um, the royal family lived in this movie. But they did a flyover and it really reminded me of a, like a Blade Runner on a sunny day, you know. So, it was, <laughs> And it did remind me of a kind of an older um, movie, uh, an older movie thing that you don't see much as much anymore. Um, I One person who was big on it was um, Peter Jackson did those nice city flyovers especially with the king kong um the king kong city it also had one thing that visually i thought about it had the the like i remember the door there was a shot of the door and it had a bunch of filigree on it and sort of pattern that made me think of almost uh it feel it, it harkened back to almost like uh the middle ages that kind of that kind of feel it wasn't gothic but it had it, it, but it wasn't you know just stark architecture with modern with with blank. You know what I mean? It 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 had a uh, it it just had a feel of I don't know maybe royalty. I, I don't know maybe yeah. a more feudal time. Maybe I don't know. This is kind of off subject of that, but the uh, it was interesting. Uh, Norbert said the Lawrence of Arabia, um, and. Villeneuve directed Blade Runner 2049, which was originally Ridley Scott, and Ridley Scott did, um, I can't think of what it is, what it's called now, but it's one of the aliens where they make reference to Lawrence of Arabia. And then uh, I also felt like some of the imagery in this was very similar to that film and or, or some things that you would see done by Ridley Scott. Yeah, I was just gonna go. I was gonna say the 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 spaces, the Fremen spaces seem to be very open. Like um, I know there was a scene where the Fremen are there drinking coffee. I guess it's their coffee, and then the they get the the whatever the Sar Sarkar come down, and it the, the the space was huge. I mean, the space was so big, and it, the Fremen being a desert people. It made me think that maybe 
there had been another culture that had created those spaces. I don't know. It just, that's what it felt like. I don't have the backstory on that. Maybe that's true in the story. Maybe it's not, but I always had the sense that the Fremen were using those spaces. They weren't actually Fremen spaces. You know uh, what? Uh, well, anyway, what he said about uh, uh, Ridley Scott, I also thought of Prometheus. Uh, yeah, you remember that's what, the open, yeah, I think that's what, what I was referencing. The the opening where they uh, plant the worlds, it, it felt a little bit like that, too. Well, I think there's a line there. I think we can draw a line from, you know, the Villeneuve and... Uh, and then Ridley Scott, uh, Marshall was mentioning, Marshall was mentioning that Villanueva had done a movie called Prisoner, Prisoners. And the interesting thing about it is it had nothing. I didn't see anything in that to suggest he would do uh, a job like he had on 2049, Blade Runner 2049, or even Dune. And I feel like probably, I feel like the his relationship with um, Ridley Scott seemed to have brought something out in him. And I really think we're, we're getting the fruits of that in Dune. Uh, I really think there's a great marriage of, you know, his storytelling and, and, and Ridley Scott's visuals in this movie. I wouldn't doubt if Ridley Scott wasn't some kind of uh, some, he worked behind the scenes somewhere because it really does have that feeling, you know, that, uh, that, huge spaces and um, that Ridley really Scott is uh, famous for. I think it, and, and, in my mind, I think it does a better job of building those spaces and building that world than I think like, you know, Pr- Prometheus tried to do that. You know, they tried to do that, but uh, it, it was one of those things where I think it just fell short. And then you see Dune and I feel it feels like Dune accomplished that, that, you know, that, that grandiose scope of these worlds and and even the the Atreides, you know, like they're, you know, you could tell the stark differences, right? I really found that fascinating where he's just like, hey, you know, we've conquered this, the land and sea here. Now we need to conquer the desert here. Yeah. On the whole reference part, did Villeneuve do Arrival? If only I, there was a way to check that. I don't know. I because don't what I, well, the, so. Arrival, I thought right? he did the... I'm thinking of the one with uh, what's his name, Hawkeye uh, Rat. Or no, yeah, that's Arrival. Renner, Renner. Well, oh, I was yeah. thinking about he. You know, he used a lot of dream sweet sequences in that. You know, like yeah, it was Dennis Villeneuve. Yeah, he was exactly. And so I, I, he's like, I feel like he. This was even a more. Oh, he did do sophisticated arrival, yeah. using use of the the sort of. Um, dream imagery or telling the future i although that was really well done so i i thought that 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 was interesting too it is absolutely and i totally missed that the um the pacing of of dune and the pacing of arrival were close i do think the pacing of dune was better it was for me more gripping and i just i don't know i was i was definitely brought into dune and just was sucked into it you know i just it was like everything else closed up around you know what we said before if you if you're start to starting to notice the the effects in a movie you know then you really lost what they really want to show you in the movie and this one i was totally engulfed in it you know the other thing too is i have to say the effects the this the effects have definitely come to uh, a place where 
a movie like Dune can be made and there is 100% believability. I mean, everything looked amazing. The 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 worms, I just the worms, the mouths of the worms, that was just like, that just kind of blew me away. I just almost got lost in looking into their, you know, down the, the throat of the worm. I thought it was amazing. I was finishing that movie up and Libby called it the devil worms. The devil worms. <laughs> she looked out over my shoulder and she goes, the devil worms, aren't they? Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> you see, when you stare into the hole of the worm, the worm, the worm looks back. back. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was what was going on. Effects were amazing. And I, I think there were, there were times I caught myself thinking in other movies and shots like this, I would have been taken out of the film because I was noticing the effects where this felt very seamless in a lot of areas. I, I would love to know how much practical they did with that. You know, like, yeah, I think I feel like with those kind of movies that really pull it off, they really mix CG and, pra- you know, practical effects in such a way that it you, you it's a lot more seamless than if they just su- do CGI by itself. So I don't know that, but I would suspect that he did at least some practical <coughs> to help. Oh, I would, but. I, the other thing, too, is that it didn't, you know, the, kind of a George Lucas thing where, you know, you spend so much so much on the uh, the visuals that. You don't have to show them very long and uh, and it sells the whole thing. I mean, there's just so a movie like this could very easily have uh, overshadowed the actors with all these special effects. I don't think it did. I think the people that the performances were amazing and they were uh, they were perfect for the movie. I just I I was so engrossed in the flick. It it was so um, believable. You know this this really odd world was uh, I, I bought it all because I think partly because the the way they the the tasteful way they handled the effects and just the beautiful landscapes and also the great acting jobs so yeah maybe I don't I I don't know how much green I, it didn't even look like there was green screen usually you can tell a little bit of green screen right um, it didn't really I didn't that didn't come across to me that there was a lot of green screen being used I haven't read the books. Or if I did read the book, it's I've read it's been so many decades ago that I don't even remember. But one of the things that I will uh, to me, this felt like this harkened back to an old time, old story that that you could tell, you know, 100 years ago, 200 years ago. There's something timeless about at least the concepts involved in the structure of the movie. And I found it very appealing. You know, like, what was it um, George Lucas sort of based his the, the initial Star Wars on some sort of, you know, like, formulaic... Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey. Mm-hmm. Hero's Journey. Well, this had that kind of vibe to it in, in, in the sense that I could imagine somebody... Oh, take the science fiction part of it out. But the, the story... I could, I, I mean, you could tell similar stories with the like the Greeks and Athenians, or you know, uh, or Romans, or I mean, it just felt a very timelessness to it that I really r- resonated with me. Yeah, I would say from for me, um, it was one of those stories that you know you've seen before, right? You know, it's not a, it's not necessarily a new story, but how it's presented and and the nuances that go into or that went into telling that story just made it 
incredibly engrossing, you know, and I, I feel bad partly because, you know, after I got done watching it and I was thinking about it, I go, wow, like that's a better version of Star Wars. And that's a better version of, you know, some of these other fantasy and science fiction films that have come out in recent years. It's, it's just like the way I felt about it and the way the story was told. I thought, geez, Louise, you know, give the give the Star Wars franchise to this guy because clearly he knows what he he's doing. You know, there was no uh, there were no chuckles. There were no uh, robots that ran around and like uh, you know s- s- silly robots running around or anything like that. This is pretty pretty hard drama right here. You know, and and in a lot of ways it felt more drama than than uh, well s- space opera. You know, it was. Yeah. I mean, there were some cool uh, visuals, and I think I know that we're getting it into that we're getting more into the spirituality of the movie, which is another huge. This I think that was one of the biggest reasons why people love Dune so much is because it mixed so much politics and religion mixed with a, a great you know family story. I think that it had a lot of a lot of the stuff, but but it doesn't have a bunch, bunch of yucks. You're not gonna get you know not gonna it's not gonna be a chuckle fest on this movie at all. It's it's pretty dry. It's a pretty uh, uh, laugh free movie, <laughs> which I mean I don't yeah. mind that at all. I think I I mean I, I don't I I'd have a hard time comparing this with Star Wars because Star Wars it feels nobody feels like anybody's in danger anymore in that movie. This one everybody felt like they could die at any moment. You know. Right. And some of them did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Things yeah. I didn't expect. I think I think that's a that's a huge part of 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 what makes. I think we've lost some of that. Where you know you focus test yourself into the point where you can't get rid of any of your main characters. If you lose characters, sacrifice and and uh, the sort of arbitrary nature of watching something like that that resonates with you in a way that you know if somebody goes off a 2000 foot cliff and they, you know, bounce off the ground and then they, Oh, that hurt. And then walk, run off. Then, well, you just kind of go, well, okay, that's not real in any way. Yeah. Yeah, it's not real. I did want to bring up something. I, I read this book three, I read the book Dune about three years ago. I don't know if I went and seen the 1984 movie in the theater, but I think I did. I did see it, but I never seen the. Uh, there was a, a series on FX that that was on that was Dune, and I didn't watch that. But I will say this: that out of everything uh, that I've experienced with Dune, this thing has been the most compelling. This one actually now makes me want to maybe pick up the next book. Also, I want to tell anybody that's uh, listening to this: don't expect for the whole book. Dune, the first book by Herbert to be uh, to be done. They they barely get through the first the, the first half of this book and when it stops. So I think that's very interesting too. You know, I when I first you know when I first started said Dune Part One, I was really kind of already a little disappointed. And then when I seen what they did, I felt like wow, they're really doing this. They're doing this correctly. I, I, I'm hoping that, you know, the next uh, installments first, I hope the next installments were filmed partially at the same time because you, I've always felt like with the Lord of the Rings, when they do that, it feels better. They And with the Matrix, even that feels better, although there was only one Matrix ever made. Um and the animatrix. I don't know what you're talking about with the matrix. <laughs> yeah. I understand yeah, I the like, Lord of the Rings. What? There was only one matrix. How could they have been filmed at the same time? I know it's I mean, crazy. Unless you're talking about the animatrix, maybe. Yeah, that must have been it. That's probably that must it. Been, yeah. 
you know, when I'm watching it, I wasn't, I was just engulfed in the whole thing. I just, the whole thing's so beautiful and well acted and the uh, audio, the, the background music is amazing. I just, I just wanted to keep going, you know, I didn't want it to stop. And I'm really hoping that's the feel that we get for the, the next installments. One of the things that I experienced with this film that I haven't experienced in a long time is anger. You know, like I was so engrossed in the storyline that, you know, when when the Atreides house is being attacked, even though they've set it up and they've made it obvious what's going to happen. You know what's happening, right? <laughs> when it's happening, I'm like, you motherfuckers. Like I'm still getting upset. <laughs> to me, you know, in my mind, that's such a that's a hallmark of such a good film because it I'm it means that I'm engrossed in the story, right? It means that like I'm caring for these characters in a way that I'm getting angry that they're they've been betrayed. So you know, to me, that that aspect of it was really refreshing because I just did not expect that from this film. Yeah. Do you know uh, Pat, since you've read it a three years ago, how true to the source material this movie was? Dead on. I mean, it was it was dead on. Uh, I have a horrible memory, as you know, but um, everything was, ha- it was, it was interesting too, because, you know, you have a picture in your mind what's going on. And um, of course, it's not going to match mine. As a matter of fact, it was so much better than what I had pictured in my mind. I remember seeing the, when they hired the kid to play um, Paul, and I thought, I don't know if that's going to work. Oh man, he was perfect. This kid was, he was, he was really just the most perfect choice that I didn't even know in my mind until I seen the movie, you know, uh, when the, um, when his father was waiting with the Harkonnens, um, at a certain scene, that was not what I pictured, but that was just, that was amazing. That scene uh, just kind of blew me away that the the whole situation. So I, I think I felt that there was a, a better uh, sense of the, uh, the Benny Jesuit uh, women in there than I really got from the book, but I think that's how my reading was. I really think they really pushed that and, and or I would say push, but they, they, really let you know a little bit more i felt that i got more out about them than i had in the from the book so from from that point so i i, I thought it was um i i always when we when we talked about doing this review i really didn't want to compare this movie to the book or to the other movie and i but i know people will and um screw them basically if they have any problems because this is uh this is amazing what they've done with this the source material what they've done with it is 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 really amazing and they you can tell in this movie that this isn't just to make a buck. They're really trying to tell the story and do um, honor the story. Well, I, was, I sort of go, go ahead. I was just going to say that was uh, my question from before is that the um, probably the I what I'd read about the movie, the kind of the two most contested things were um, uh, casting Jason Momoa and Timothy Chalamet. And I was going to ask what you guys thought of those two and the roles that they played. And if you had to recast or if you wanted to recast, who would you recast? You know, I will say for myself, I've known about Tim. Was it Timothy Chalamet? Is that the kid? Yeah, yeah, that's the kid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've heard that he was a great actor. I've, I've, I've not really seen any of the things that he was in, but I've heard a lot about him. And man, I, I thought he was so good for the role. I mean, I thought the casting on that was perfect. Um, 
you know, I, I, I actually, I didn't, I kind of thought that Jason Momoa was going to be Jason Momoa in another movie. And I thought they did a pretty decent job with um, sort of making him a little bit better than, than what he is. So I don't necessarily know if I have a, somebody else in mind for his role, but, but I thought he did a pretty decent job. Cause there was some, I, whoever they cast as, as for me, if I saw the original Dune, it's been so long ago that I forgot it because I don't remember it at all. And so I don't have that sort of um, comparison to really look at and go, oh, or I didn't watch the the series that was on FX. So I come in into this thing about as fresh as you could. And I didn't have a problem with Jason Momoa. I, I felt like he was, that, that character was fine. I, uh, I mean, if if I had to say who felt more out of place in this movie, uh, Josh Brolin or or Jason <laughs> Momoa, I'd probably say um, Josh Brolin. If if I I mean in my mind, but I really didn't have a frame of reference because um, he just I mean that like you know Jason Isaac and Jason Momoa they they feel kind of Mediterranean kind of Mediterranean descent almost, and so I don't know. Um, no, I, I felt like it was all work to me. But so I thought uh, Jason Momoa did a good job. I do think just just to be real fair, I think they could have had a better actor in that in that place. But I thought he did a valiant job. I think I don't see a reason to change him out. I also think that memory uh, time uh, is kinder to things like the original Dune. Dune because when that came out, that got panned as shit, man. That was like. Everybody hated it. The Dune people were so mad because they just told chunks of the story. Um, they the big story was oh, Sting's in a movie. Who gives a shit? I mean, Sting had a small part, totally overacted, and it and it was just like, I mean that I was like that was what they talked about. And really, if that's all you can, I mean, Kyle MacLachlan was way too old to be uh, be Paul Atreides in that movie. Um, I'm not saying there wasn't some good acting in that flick, but man. When it came out, it, people hated it. And so it's funny now that people would want to compare this movie with that. And I just think it's because it's time's been, you know, t- time's been going on and people start watching it and people think it's, it's Dune. So it's not Dune at all. It's a, it's a barely a reasonable facsimile to the actual story. You know, I love uh, uh, the guy that directed it. I can't remember his name now. Did Eraserhead and uh, all these weird movies. And it's like, he was probably the last person to should have directed that original Dune. Was that Lynch? David Lynch. Yeah, David Lynch. Yeah, yeah. So I I, I think people are just being, uh, they're forgetting. And I I know maybe a lot of people didn't even know about it, never seen them, never read the book and seen the movie and go, yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, some 80s, uh, 80s kind of weird sci-fi with terrible effects, you know? So um, I think... It, it's not, it's people have softened on it in the years. That definitely happens. I know that what was it? There was somebody, uh, people were upset with like, I know the Marvel Hulk thing. They, you know, they wanted Lou Ferrigno to come back and replay the Hulk. <laughs> and you're like, mm, okay, you, I mean, people have that nostalgia. I, I you know, and maybe at this happened, maybe you watch it as a kid 
and it becomes way better in your mind. I've had that happen with like the Godzilla movies when I thought, man, these are the coolest things ever. And I watch them 20 years, 30 years later, and I go, holy moly, this was horrible. <laughs> well, there's an, um, that was a, actually what's happened with Halloween. Um, you know, the new Halloween kills is out. I've not seen it, but I will be seeing it. Uh, state law, I have to. <laughs> but the, the original thing that people, to understand is uh even though we liked the original halloween it's schlock cinema it is not good it's not a good movie it's it's a fun horror movie but people are looking now they they, they have these these memories that are more grandiose than actually what the actual thing is so when they say wow this new one is just crap well so is the first one they're doing the exact <laughs> same right. thing you're just not liking it anymore you've actually grown up so that's a good thing, people. <laughs> so then, to me, it begs the question in terms of timing, what, how much of timing impacts uh, a film's reception, right? So I, I, I don't disagree. I think you're, you're absolutely right. You know, we, we tend to over grandiize, you know, movies. You know, I, I think about the whole reason why I got Netflix was because X-Files was on it. And then I started watching X-Files and I was like, wow, this was really a lot of government conspiracy bullshit. I like the standalone <laughs> monster episodes. Yeah. But but I think about too, you know, I don't know if Dune, if Dune comes out five years ago, does it, is it as good as it is now? Uh, you know, um, the, you know, I, I think, you know, obviously the technology has, has shifted and changed, but I, on a, I truly cannot tell you anybody that I know who, who could reasonably go, Oh yeah, I saw Dune in 1984. I fucking loved it. It was great, you know. I don't know. I mean, let alone the people that actually have seen it, you know. And so I think about, I think about like you know it coming out now, uh, and given just you know just how things are in general, I think, man, would I have liked this movie as much three years ago or five years ago or you know? Um, so I think about just how we you know we tend to to do that. There are movies that. You know, I thought, man, I loved this as a kid. And now I'm like, oh, what was I thinking? You know, <laughs> and then there are movies that but there's also movies that stand the test of time. Like I rewatched yeah. Hellraiser the other week and man, it still gives me the creeps. Like it still does a good job of, of creeping me out. And I'm like, ah, OK, I can appreciate that. Oh, I don't think the effects, except for there's some there's some uh, lighting things that that's like. Uh, but anyway, I think Hellraiser, the 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 the. The practical effects in that still can't oh. be touched. I think that's oh, I one agree. of the most amazing films. I just love it. Yeah, you know, here's the other thing that I want. That's here's another side of it that we haven't been thinking about. Um, you know, you always hear about these directors say that, hey, you know, when I seen this movie when I was a kid, and I seen this movie. That's what I wanted to be a director. I wonder how many people watch. How many young kids are gonna watch Dune and go, man, this is what I want to do. I want to be. I want to direct a film like this. Ah. You know, I. I I, I think this could definitely inspire people. I really don't think we've seen a film of this caliber for years. For me, I haven't seen a film of this caliber for years. Look, guys, I thought Tenet was a really cool movie, but the story didn't work for me, okay? So I can't put Tenet in that in that box. But <laughs> definitely like Interstellar, you know, that that oh, really yeah. um I haven't seen anything like that for forever. And I just it's really inspiring to see things like that. It makes you want to be creative. I, I think what, what Corey was saying is, is a really interesting thing because there's movies that I've watched and I come back and I go, yo, that was not what I thought it was. <laughs> and then there's other movies that you go, I could, 
I'm glad I like this one because this is really good, you know. And I, I think number one, I don't think Dune would be could be made five years ago by this director because I don't. I think he was influenced by some things that have happened in the last five years. But I definitely think, I, I do think this is a good enough movie that you'll watch 10 years from now and go, oh, that's good. Even, you know, like even the movies that I've watched that, you know, you like, oh, the special effects here wasn't great or whatever. It could still be a good movie. You can still, you know, look at the story and the and the telling of the story or how well it was um you know, the cinematography or whatever, the sound. There's a lot of things that can be, you know, really good. I, I just, I feel like this one will will likely, you'll watch. Now, I'll say personally, my one, like, mild criticism of it, it was, I was taking in a lot of information in that first act. And it was, you know, he had a very, I don't know how the right, right word for it. He had a definite, like, epic, slow pacing telling that first act now once we got through that first act man i was i was locked in but i will say i was taking a lot of information and the pacing was even enough and kind of had that you know epic feel to it that i was like it it was that was my one minor criticism of this movie and it's you know, the only thing I sit there and go, maybe he could have varied his pace a little bit in the first act on some scenes that might have made it a little a little more interesting. But that's that's a fine, fine, fine point. I mean, it's it's up to the point where I'm not sure he could have done anything. I can't think of anything that he would have done differently that I would have went. Mm, yeah, that was an obvious fix. But that was for me the one little thing that. I, but like I said, once we got to the second act, I was in. I was in every scene. You know, and I, I think that's interesting, Norbert, because I, I thought the pacing, especially at that first act, uh, what was, I, I mean, I didn't think it was problematic. I, or I guess I didn't, I didn't mind the, the information because I think there was a lot of information. I think the use of the dream sequences and I think the use of sort of those flashbacks and just just how how they presented some of the backstories on things was done so well. I, I think it's one of the things that I appreciate about the film is that, you know, I, like I said, I don't remember reading the book, but man, it feels like there's a lot of information and a lot of backstory that, you know, you have to kind of get caught up on. And and I thought he did a pretty good job of, of kind of getting us up to speed on that. I, you know, I, I agree with you. I, I think by and large, you're right. He probably he probably had to experience a lot of things to be able to make this film. And it and you can kind of really see that. But, you know, I I feel about this film very much like I felt about Interstellar, you know, the first Lord of the Rings, you know, the first time I saw The Matrix, that I was just seeing something like that was just big, right? It was just like, wow, like, you know, yeah, I don't know if this is going to win any awards. I don't know, you know, what the reception is ultimately going to be. But I think for me, you know, it, I think it was a nice breath of fresh air, especially comparative to the sort of superhero Marvel films that we've been getting the last decade where it's all look at the shiny CGI and look at the big green guy, you know, smashing Loki, you know? Um, And, and this was, this was very much a movie that said, Hey, we can have, we can make it look nice, but we're also going to tell a really good story. Um, I think that's kind of what stuck out for me, kind of like, you know, the matrix and the, and interstellar and, and I agree tenant, you know, like the opening scene of tenant was really cool. That's pretty much the only thing I understood. 
and I watched it twice. So a rebuttal, what, uh, 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 Marshall? Uh, Tenet's great, so you know. <laughs> oh, I listen. I like Tenet. I don't dis. I don't dislike it. But it, it is. I think. I think it. It is convoluted. I do think that that it's a rare miss from Christopher Nolan. I think he was in my mind. He was so intent on trying to build this this story with layers that I, maybe he got lost in it. You know, I, I don't know how he checks them. Like I don't know how he checks himself for for that kind of continuity. Like they say, just because you can make it doesn't mean you should. Right. <laughs> I, I think there was some really cool, really cool parts to Tenet, but I, I think overall it was it was just it just it just didn't didn't do it for me. I, there's so many more of uh, of his things that do good. Now, one thing I wanted to say about this movie, uh, this Dune movie, is um, this was two hours and thirty five minutes, and I had a hard time trying to get away. You know, like. If you're in a theater or something, you want to, you know, maybe use the bathroom or get something to drink. I had a, that two hour, that was some dense information in that movie. Visually and uh, structurally, that movie was dense. And uh, I'm I, for me in a good way, but it also meant that I was almost nailed to my seat through the whole two hours and 35 minutes. It was really hard to, you know, get up and get a drink or, or do anything because I really was just so engrossed in the film i will say from an experience standpoint being able to watch it i didn't watch it in the theaters which on some level i almost wish i would watch this in in the theaters as opposed to at home but having a pause button for two and a half hours is really nice (laughs) yeah absolutely i especially as i get older i only wish i had put my chair closer uh, that's all I wanted. You know, I could have moved <laughs> my chair clutch. I'd be fine. One thing that I, I was, you, you know, what Corey and piggybacking on, on, on Corey and, and others was saying about being a kind of a different experience. I think that we get too caught up in like, and this ties into tenant too, trying to tell something new from the standpoint of, of like trying to invent new story structure or or new ways to tell this, which is, I mean, there's a place for that sort of experimentation, but this felt like a throwback to me in storytelling and world building. And I think if you create interesting places for people to go and you use tried and true story archetypes, you can have something fantastic if it's executed well. So that is, that's the, I mean, I think we, I think that's getting lost. Excellence and execution of of basic story archetypes with and using different worlds that you live in and build in. I, I just I think that I think that it almost feels like we should be going back and learning the lessons of Lord of the Rings and and Dune, this movie Dune, and Interstellar is a little bit more experimental, but but that kind of stuff still works. And it can still work 10 years from now. So uh, what are our final thoughts on this flick? I think I just said my main, my main <laughs> thrust of it. But to sum up, I think, that, I think that, that if you enjoy throwback storytelling and world building and, and watching something interesting and, and that will excite your imagination, this movie has done well enough to really uh, charge you up getting it out of the theater. So I... Uh, really enjoyed it and I felt like it was a sci-fi done right and I I think 
I haven't seen a, I don't I don't want to say that's rare because I've seen a couple of good sci-fis in recent years but this felt like it took itself more serious than others and it and that helped uh, with the you know conveying the feeling and stuff uh, kind of like how you were mentioning you know there weren't like laughs or chuckles there really wasn't a comic relief and uh, just thinking about that, it's like, man, I'm so grateful for that, you know, and that's just kind of a, a relief from having a comic relief in a serious side. You needed a Jar Jar Brinks in this. In this. With the Hargans. Harkonnens. Harkonnens. Oh, by the way, did you notice that our boy Polka Dot guy from Slizu? Suicide yeah. was the yeah. uh, Harcon was it Harconians? Is that what they had? Yeah, Harconian, the- yeah, Harconian. Yeah, yeah. Did a good job too. Yeah, yeah he does. Oh. Uh let's see. Final thoughts. Um, yeah, you know, I I I guess I would say I am I am shocked at how much I like the film. I, now I, I will say that I, I was excited, you know, after seeing the trailer to see it, but I didn't think it was going to move me and and make me feel uh, a, a sense of nostalgia for for movies, right? You know, um, I, I again a lot of the films that I've watched in recent years have just felt pedantic and you know big shiny objects and uh it's part of the reason why i you know i i tend to lean towards horror as telling somebody the other day they're like oh why do you like horror films i said because they still actually like to tell a story you know sure there might be some violence and gore and whatnot but at the end of the day they still want to tell a story and you know this movie did that on a grand scale and and i for me you know i of course time will tell and perhaps in five years we can revisit it and see how we feel about it. But I, I think that it's going to hold up for me like the matrix does and like Lord of the Rings and, and interstellar. So very nice. Very nice. Well, I agree with everything you guys have said. I a hundred percent. I think that we've just watched it. Was, uh, it's an epic, but yet it's still a classic story yeah. uh, in a new environment. And I don't, I, they really, they really hit every note. The thing that always surprises me is not that a movie's good, that a, but uh, that a movie does. I mean, I'm, I am surprised that a movie's good, especially since how many uh, factions it takes to pull it all together. You can have everybody pulling the right way and something going wrong, and it doesn't work out. This one, this one's like an orchestra playing. Everything's you know, every note hits correctly for me right now. And I, I'm you know, in a year or two, I may go, nah, it sucks. But uh, I don't think so. I think this one is going to be a classic for a while. I think Corey, what Corey said about it makes you, it, it, it did for me, I was very kind of um, down on sort of the fare we've gotten the last year or two uh, overall. Yeah. And uh, this one renewed my faith that that good movies can be produced and, and excite me. Yeah. And that's a, feeling I haven't had about a movie for I don't know how long. Well, this story is still alive in my brain. You know, I'm still thinking about it. I'm still thinking about the characters and what was was taking place. I really love that where, you know, the story doesn't stop with the movie ending. It's continuing in my head. So I may pick up the next Dune book. I'm not sure. It made me think about it, the books, which yeah, is like, it, I'm yeah. interested. Maybe I'm interested in these books, which is a yeah. real feat. That's yeah, real feat. I was thinking, man, maybe I should go pick, I might go pick up Dune and read it and just, yeah. I, I've always uh, had, uh, you know, I, I've Dune people are super into Dune, 
you know, you there's a there's a sort of uh, I mean they're heavy duty fans, and I've always kind of poo pooed that, but because I've heard other people say, ah, it's you know the book's kind of drag, but I, I don't know. So, but I'm interested. This movie's made me interested, yeah. and I'm hoping there's a complete story out there that the guy didn't Game of Thrones it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we'll, well be okay. I I know there's more book left, so they didn't even like I said they didn't even cover uh half the first book so it's that's what's very interesting about it i think it's uh it's gonna be very cool so all right folks this has been a lot of fun thanks for uh calling in and uh we'll talk next time we see a good movie or a movie hopefully that (laughs) i think we better we better take her down a little bit but don't qualify for being a good movie Yeah, they they can't all be doomed. Some are going to be the Suicide Squad, so. (laughs) Yeah. All right. All right. Have a good night. Later, guys. Bye, guys. Later, guys. Bye. 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 Thanks for hanging out with us on the True Fiction Podcast. If you like what you've heard, please visit us at Facebook. You can also leave us a review on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. Until next time, stay true and stay creative. You're too late. Catch a ride somewhere else. Catch a ride. Catch a ride somewhere.